passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When Ryan's when it's time to begin, it's on the rewind around with John Pollock and waiting the 18 that makes sense of these things we see in the ring every week on TV. It's rewind around for Monday night, then load a Tuesday morning from the post wrestling site. It's rewind around for Monday night on USA now on the John and Wade take the mic. Happy 3rd of July. I am John Pollock along with waiting. And here we are on a Monday night as people are celebrating their country making it one more year. Uh, do people celebrate on the third? Uh, there were some fireworks going off on my area tonight because it's, oh. um, you know, two days removed from Canada Day and it's Monday. So why not? Why not explode stuff in the air? Gotcha. Okay. Well. I I hope fun was had, and I hope fun will be had for our American friends celebrating the 4th of July. That's right. All countries can can celebrate on a Mm -hmm. daily basis. Another day, another year. How are you? How was your weekend? It was good. Yeah. Um, Busy, I guess, because like Saturday was was basically work. Um, Sunday was just kind of recovering, and it was good. I had a good time. How about you? Uh, It was good. Sunday was a – did it not rain on Sunday? Yeah, it was raining quite a bit on Sunday. I guess so. I'll take yeah. your word for it. I think I stayed inside. I, I did too because it was raining. That was it. I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's a blur to me. All these days kind of just mesh together. So um, that's great. Big big update on our weekend. We're doing well. Are these ever like eventful? <laughs> like I think we have pretty boring lives. You know, like every 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 Monday you ask me how my weekend was, and I just never really have anything that great to say. I've anymore. had to deal with car insurance all week. That's been fun. No, I don't want to hear about that. I don't. I don't think anybody does does either. But okay. Um. Did are you? Is everything okay? Did you did your premiums increase? No, no. But my uh my my car rest in pieces is, is done. It's mm. been a. Uh, it's been sent to the uh the land of wind wind and goats. Uh, so that that's that. Are they gonna is somebody's gonna pay for it, right? Not you. Well, the value of the vehicle, but I mean I, I have no vehicle and this is a, right. a vehicle that uh the, the the amount they'll pay you for is not gonna be enough that that can get you a new vehicle. So you're left Really? With, yeah. Like you're not gonna have enough to get like a um no, depending on But I mean you're the, not at fault. With the accident. Oh, I know it doesn't. It doesn't mean that, like Presto, a brand new car is going to pop up in your driveway as a result. It's like you kind of have to work. So you have you. So you get the value of whatever your vehicle was worth, and then you're you're if you're going to buy. No, no, no. Vehicle. What what it is worth, not what it was worth. So if right. you have a 15 year old car, it's the value of what it's worth now, not what you purchased it for. Gotcha. And so you can you, you can buy another 15 year old car, basically. Um, yes, yes, I guess so. Mm. So anyway. Well, that sucks. Well, you know what? That's why, why would things go, uh, smoothly? 
you need to have some hey you're okay that's that's the most important thing you know that's true that's you're true. worth I... a lot more than a 15 year old car Nah, not not that much i'm not getting anything out of this <laughs> anyway way we have lots to discuss so let us uh first up uh, uh talk about the month ahead it is it is july it is g1 season and we have made some alterations to the cafe. We've just put in a brand new uh, flooring, We're doing a nice little um, uh, wallpapering of the cafe, a couple new items on the menu this coming summer. Way has been busy coming up with a batch of uh, cold brew. And what do we have to show the listeners for the summer coming up? We are, we are untiering one, 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 one set of... Uh, items and consolidating the cafe yeah yeah i mean i don't know if this this is so many changes i mean we've made a lot of changes progressively over the weeks with the addition of several new shows you remember when we started this entire thing we were like promising what one bonus show a a week oh my god we really we were (laughs) and then it became two bonus shows and this week alone we've got one two three four five like five bonus Pardon? shows in the in the cafe, um, so you know it, it, the wait, expansion. Wait, wait, wait. Let, let let me let me recap this. So we started <laughs> off with one bonus show per week, and now yeah. five. So I'm I'm afraid to ask how much have we jacked up prices all these years with all the extra content that we have thrown out there? Like it must be like five times the amount that we were charging back on. 2017 how much is how much is the cost gone up Wait, i think if we, were, if we were savvier businessmen and people who weren't so crazy um yeah maybe that that's what we would have done but we we have not increased it one bit we haven't even done an inflation increase and that's fine we're, excuse we're more, me what's what's this inflation you speak of well you know uh ask ask your insurance guy um <laughs> yeah no we're, we're more than happy and a lot of this is is because i think we've you know we've we've done well you know like we've we've run a successful business and we're able to uh expand you know just just because of your support and with that comes a lot of people helping us provide these shows as well so it's not just you and i john you know doing the heavy lifting we have uh we've opened our doors up to other people who can contribute and work work a shift or two during the week in the cafe so this week we've got coming out on wednesday new japan strong have a two set of shows their Independence Day shows out in uh, Korokun Hall over in Japan. If you want, if you're in Japan, if you're in Tokyo, you want to celebrate Independence Day. Who better to celebrate it with than John Moxley? It's I mean, a- the man is celebrating Independence Day by being independent of the United States this coming week. That that is a wonderful way to look at it. So Karen and Bruce, our New Japan Pro Wrestling reviewers, will be taking that on, and we'll give a bonus show to all of you guys on Wednesday nights, Thursday. This Tuesday, actually. Sorry, I got mixed up with our scheduling in, in future weeks. But tomorrow, it's first you and me, John, with Rewind Away. What are we talking about? Ring of Honor, Super Card of Honor 7. Which one was Super Card of Honor 7? Well, that was the show from the Hammerstein Ballroom with Kevin Steen versus Jay Briscoe for the ROH Championship. This is in the midst of scum overtaking ROH. We would have a big five-on-five war between scum and ROH. Davey Richards and Eddie Edwards taking on Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish. Mm -hmm. We were going to have everything from Matt Hardy on this show to Shelton Benjamin minus Charlie Haas, who's taken off and left the company. It's a wild time in Ring of Honor. Way, please tell me you've started this show. 
Are you kidding me? You've, you, you, we've done a hundred or something of, of these by now. You know I have not even started the first match oh, yet. So after dude. tonight's recording is, uh, you know, I have a three and a half hour show ahead of me. But that's just that's just how I roll on dude, these. This Mondays. show was long. Yeah. Well. Anyway, so that's <laughs> tune in tomorrow. <laughs> to You're see insane. What, I don't know how you do this. I don't know how no. you do it, man. You know, like I started me. that show a week ago. Yeah, I I, multiple I, nights to. It's either it. this or like use up a weekend day and I'm not looking to, you know, use an, another weekend day for, for some of this stuff. But anyway, if you want to hear me be, be completely delirious as I'm recording these reviews about our He's week. not on the show, though, but he's booking it. <laughs> Thank you. Very, very good. Very good. Thursday. It's the return of MCU later with Rich Van WH Park as they talk about Secret Invasion. Um, lovely show that he, uh, Rich and JP did over the weekend. Uh, and uh, you can check that right out right now in your feed. Friday, we're back with. Actually, John is back with Andrew Thompson filling in for me on Rewind of SmackDown. Why is that? Why did, why because did Wade's keep... got to recover from watching Supercard of Honor 7 <laughs> and then recording a show. So we're going to give him Friday night off. Um, don't If you go to a concert, please take the TTC or walk. Do not I, drive. I will not be going to, the, to a concert. So t- thank you for that advice. And then Saturday, it is the return of Collision Course, CM Punk, Samoa Joe, Kate from Montreal, John Ceno. Name a better pairing. Um, Jimmy Bauer and Mark Nolte calling the first two matches Ooh, from 2004. Nice. Um, yep, I'm expecting the white balancing to be a bit better for this one. Uh, it's a big match, the biggest in collision history, I think we could safely say. They should make it, it should be a, an odd, a, a nod to the set that second match where yeah. it is over more. They, they didn't audio. white balance the cameras, so it literally, when they cut back and forth, it's two different canvas mats basically that you're watching. This mm-hmm. like five star classic that they have, and it's just the dirt worst production. You, you know what's crazy is those matches. How many people would you think of all weeks would be going back to watch those? It would be this week. They are not on Honor Club. They do not have what? their full 2004 slate of shows. I was curious to go look, and I'm fairly certain that they're not up there. They only have like four or five shows from 2004 that are up there. So I, I just, you know, a quick Google of Joe versus Punk. They at least have the first one of them on is on the YouTube, the, right? the YouTube channel, but that was from yeah. years ago. So you can watch the first one. The second one is pro- like they did three that year. And yeah. the second one, I would say, is the big one, even though mm-hmm. that's the a five is, star. Yeah. Um, the second one, you can find it, but not through Honor Club. Interesting. OK, well, it's pr- it's pretty good. Trust me. You know, does it hold up and will Saturday live up to it? I I feel that they they better have promos and do a big deal on Dynamite on Wednesday. I think they really need to build that one up. Like they have the story, they have the history and they should not just leave this to announcing it. And then you tune in on Saturday. I feel they should really build this up on Wednesday. Don't be like me. Don't leave it till the last minute, you know, um, announce it ahead of time. Tell people to watch it ahead of time, maybe a few days before. Um, but yeah, it's, it, you know, it's, it's a rivalry rivalry of legend um, in ring of honor history. Certainly the biggest rivalry in ring of honor history, I would say. Um, so I hope they make a big deal out of it, but yeah, anyway, going back to the post wrestling cafe, the reason why we, we started this entire thing where a few changes are coming to the tiers. Uh, we have 
decided to shelve, take away the ice cap tier, which for a long since the beginning of this whole thing was our merchandising tier. Uh, and a big part of the reason for that is just because I don't have that much time to devote to creating new merch and sending out the new merch. A lot of you guys have still subscribed to it, you know, even if because, though you haven't received anything in a long, long time, simply out of support. So we thank you for continuing to do that. But we're no longer going to offer it. And it's also just a way to kind of streamline our offers on the Patreon to just three simple tiers. And that includes, of course, the one milk, one sugar, which includes all the tea, all the shows that you've been you ever hear us talk about our entire archive of, I think, a thousand shows shows now john oh we've done goodness. over the the um uh the years um and then uh it's it, and then everything else that you know all the all the bonuses including you know forum uh, access to the feedback section uh live streams for rewind to smackdown we now have video archival access for all the shows that we do uh that starting from this point on so you don't have to subscribe to the youtube if you don't like that system continue subscribing to the youtube if you like this platform but if you're simply looking for audio rss access on your favorite podcast app as well as video access you can get that simply at postwrestlingcafe.com six dollars a month those of you who really like us and decide to subscribe to us at the double double tier and there are actually a lot of you Thank you so much, first of all. Uh, we were offering a show called Small Talk just for our double-double patrons. But again, due to scheduling, we have a lot more to record these days. We've been unable to record those, and therefore we've just decided to shelve that as a, as a reward. Instead, what we're going to do is to put all of your names, including our Espresso Tier patrons' names, into a new credit role that we will be playing at the end of these particular streams on Mondays and also on Wednesdays here at youtube.com slash wrestling starting next Monday. So if you're signed up to the Double Double or Espresso Tiers, uh, you have until Sunday night to make sure that the name that appears on your Patreon account is the name that you're happy with displayed on these sort of pet credit rules it's um you know it's just a way that um we want to give show our appreciation and show our thanks while trying to you know fit something into manageable into our schedules so uh those are some of the updates and uh if you want a bit more detail you can check out the update i posted in patreon today yeah and just a heads up that with it being the month of july if you do jump on to the post wrestling cafe it's six dollars you get charged up front but that gives you 30 days of access to all of the bonus shows and that will include the g1 shows that we are going to be continuing with this year and it's going to be a combination of myself and way we are also going to have bruce lord karen peterson wh park and the debuting young lion Eric Marcotte, who will be in the mix for our podcast. We will have a podcast for every single individual G1 show beginning July the 15th. So your post-wrestling cafe access at the one milk, one sugar level gives you, is that right? Yeah, it's right. I'm just laughing because these ridiculous names have, uh, we're stuck with them now, you know, I I don't mind. I I like it. (laughs) Um, That gives you access to all of the G1 shows as well. And we should also plug the contest is open as well for the annual G1 Climax. So postwrestling.com slash G1. You can go submit all of your picks for the G1. It's free to enter. uh, So that is open now. So get your picks in before July 15th. um, And then you can follow along throughout the tournament and find out how well your picks stack up. And then at the end, when Yoda Suji wins it all, you'll be stating, man, I knew it. I nailed it. Yes. And uh, thank you in advance, as always, to Chris Angler, the man in charge of all of these contests and pools for uh, tallying these. My goal is to at least beat Randobot this year, as always. So we'll see. I just made my picks at completely random. So I'm, can we I'm make as picks random as Randobot. on who's going to win the picks contest. That should be a separate. Uh, you can. Sure. Who do you who's your bet? 
Karen Peterson this year is going to run the. Team. I don't know if she's going to enter. She 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 told me she wasn't so proud of her uh, performance last year. So I believe in I her. don't know. Are you going to join? I don't know. I'm not sure. Oh, it's, <laughs> you're calling her out, and then you're not going to do it yourself. Come on, set an example. I'll probably join. We'll see. All right, good. All of that can be found postwrestlingcafe.com. It helps keep uh, post wrestling going, and a lot, a lot, a lot coming up this summer um one thing that is not coming up uh, i do not believe we will have a, a ufc 290 show this coming weekend because it's just uh it's just a really busy weekend eric is unavailable and we've taken him over to the wrestling side of things we've stolen him that's it so anyway that is uh you will still have plenty this weekend including a collision course with uh, kate and sino and that is where I wanted to start off our discussion. And did you get to see Collision on Saturday night? Any just overall thoughts of the third episode? This was the tape show from Hamilton. I had the show on in the background and I wasn't able to catch the entire thing because um, I had seen a lot of wrestling, unfortunately, by that point. Um, so I I, I, I I, didn't think the MJF se- uh, Ethan Page segment would, would happen so early. So I have not gone back to watch that yet. But I kind of have a good idea of everything else that happened on the show. Yeah. I would say the atmosphere was not great on the Mm. show, Um, whether that was the tape nature of it or just what was on the show and being in Hamilton, like we saw, like it wasn't the greatest atmosphere on Wednesday for Dynamite either. But this to me, how many people did they fit in by Showtime? I don't know what the final number was. It was um, they they had they had gotten it at over for Thursday. It was around thirty eight hundred or so was the number of tickets distributed. That was the last figure I had seen. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, certainly an increase over where, you know, it was struggling to hit a thousand in those uh, a couple of weeks out. But like, you know, if if the Wednesday crowd wasn't going to make a large enough noise, I mean, good luck, you know, having that smaller Thursday crowd in an arena that can usually see how many? Seventeen thousand. Yes. Yeah. Good luck. You know, so I, I mean, it's probably as much the arena as anything else. Yeah, I just felt this was one where, I mean, if we're watching this collision show, did this feel closer to a dynamite or a rampage? This certainly felt closer to a rampage, even though it did have some some consequential things on the show. I I did enjoy the use of Ethan Page. I thought he cut a great promo. I legitimately was, uh, I couldn't believe when he MJF calls out anyone from Hamilton and out watch, walks renowned steve brown and i was like oh my god i had not heard of this since thursday so i'm watching this like saturday night and out walks steve brown who i have known for almost two decades um uh, someone that was on the uwa shows was an o'grady's regular well yeah that's how i know him from o'grady's and he's been wrestling for 21 years and here he's out on collision i just thought that what what a cool cameo here for uh for steve brown who came out and then was stopped by ethan page who cut a great promo had a fine match with mjf and certainly like you had the star power of an mjf on the show hobbs and dustin Rhodes had uh, a nice match as well but I, i mean like the heat was hurt in a number of these matches and then your main event of joe and strong like cm punk is on commentary but i'm watching this show and it's like, man, you take CM Punk out of the mix and it just is a show that it's it's drastically different with or without CM Punk. And while Punk was on this show, this was his least involved of the three episodes so far. They will make up for that this week with a big Punk match with Samoa Joe. But um, the number is not out yet and it will it'll be delayed because of the 4th of July holiday. So we should have this number on Wednesday to see how it did. And 
Um, that will uh, certainly determine what the interest level was for week number three. And as well for this week, I, I feel they really, really need to push Joe and Punk hard. You've mm-hmm. got all the footage. Like, you've bought this library. This is your example this week to really use it. And more than just like a road to on YouTube. Like, use Dynamite. We don't have this hard brand split. There is no earthly reason why Punk and Joe should not have promos on Wednesday to build up this match. And if Punk is winning this, I um, if Punk is winning the tournament, I should say, I almost feel this should have been the finals because mm-hmm. I can certainly see Punk and Hobbs being the final. And if Hobbs is winning, okay, my point is irrelevant. But if Punk is winning this whole tournament, this does feel like the biggest match, whether it's Punk and Starks, Punk and Hobbs. To me, Punk and Joe is the biggest match you have in this tournament. Mm-hmm. And we'll find out what, what it means this week for, like, this is a, you know, these two, the last time they were in a ring together was 2005 in, ter- in terms of a uh, throwing out the, uh, the six man from a few weeks ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, yeah. You know, I, I think there are a lot of factors in, in involved in making this, you know, a semifinal match. I mean, if this is, you know, collision that you're essentially booking, you want by week, what is this four coming up is four. Oh, uh, uh, hot must-see match you know to wait for i don't even know if the finals are taking place on collision where, where are the finals? yeah they're in, they're doing them in calgary the next week gotcha okay well maybe week four is where they wanted to peak it i mean what what better place to do it than regina saskatchewan you know i think throw them a bone a natural it's, it's been a while yeah um and uh, i also don't know if punk is going to win the tournament i mean i also don't think it's a sure thing that punk even beats joe I mean, I don't know if you want to have Punk lose, but I could see him getting screwed out of the victory. It's not like you're, you need to build a you know winning streak you know storyline with CM Punk. And the story is, CM Punk has never beaten Samoa Joe. Does he need to beat him now, or do you keep the streak going even even by you know um, maybe a Jay White coming in and, and screwing him out of the victory? So again, can- this is all stuff that I think you need to tell that story like this week. Like there's so much history, and at the end of the show, I mean, they were promoting it as Punk Joe Four. Like, this is the continuation of this. It's not as though this is just some distant memory. Like, this is the lineage. Because of- they've had other matches that weren't in ROH. The trilogy. Yeah, no, not in the trilogy. They've actually had four matches in ROH, but they're only including the the, the most recent three as part of the actual trilogy. Yes. Correct. Yeah, the, the 2004 series. But this mm. is considered, like, the, the extension of that trilogy. So, mm. it, tell that this week. I mean... um, I just think there's so much at your disposal here to tell this really great story and you have all the footage for it. So um, I really hope that they do a great job this week of building it because it does feel like a big, big match for television and they need it for for collision as well. But yeah, I it's certainly, though, it feels to me like watching this. It's like, man, this this is a lot of AEW that we're watching every it's a week. lot of wrestling period. You know, it's a lot of wrestling period. And this is another two hours on top of it. And again, it's maybe people are going to slowly drop rampage although they did not drop rampage this past friday as we will get into the numbers i mean rampage did well by its standards um of current numbers uh so going over to the ratings let's actually start with rampage since uh, i led us there they did 450,000 viewers on friday night and a 0.13 in the demo so they were up 15% in viewers 18% in the demo and this was their highest number since early april um, April 14th, which had that big NBA lead in. So even if you throw out that, it's like early April, their largest number. And this has been multiple weeks. They've been back in their regular slot 
at 10. And if you look at Brandon Thurston's quarter hours, and Brandon Thurston is uh, essentially the the source now for uh, for for ratings information. We do not have rankings, but hopefully some of this will um, at some point become a bit more. Um, hopefully there's there's more details that emerge in the wake of a uh, showbuzz daily which seems to be gone because they did not report the uh the friday numbers today but regardless um this was uh, again a, a good number by rampage standards they were up pretty significantly in 35 to 49 although in 18 to 34 they they were down 20 percent this week so it was a older audience and in the quarter hour breakdown that Brandon has, um, this was the opening quarter that carried it. And then it's kind of subsided for the remainder of the show at a pretty, you know, relative level for the final three quarters. But this was the match that um, they did over 500,000 viewers for this particular match. And yeah, so for Rampage, I mean, if, if you thought there was going to be some big drop for a show, you would think it's Rampage, but it at least was not. Um, this particular weekend, this is when you had money in the bank the next day, you had collision the next day. But my God, these people want to see Commander and Claudio. So going against the Braden and Davy doctrine. I guess so. Yeah. How does this shit make sense, dude? I don't know. Like, how, how does Wednesday do what it does? And then how does Friday somehow? It, it's a great question because Dynamite was hurt badly last week. I mean, there was their lowest demo in three years. And then Rampage, you know, a, a two month high. Um, not, like granted different different levels we're talking about in terms of uh, a success for these shows uh, you don't you're not gonna see dynamite do a 0.13 and celebrate it but rampage you will celebrate a 0.13 in its current state um, so that takes us to smackdown which was another big winner on friday with the bloodline 2,510,000 viewers up seven percent and a 0.69 in the demo up 14 percent and this was up across the board, it was their third highest audience of the year. And again, if you look at the quarter hours, it was the last segment that actually the Owens and Zane versus Pretty Deadly match. The ending of that did very well. It was the second highest quarter, but the big winner was the final 15 minutes where they topped 2.7 million viewers and over a million in the 18 to 49 demo for the segment involving the, the bloodline leading into money in the bank. And that sets the table for this trial segment that they've announced for Friday, the trial of the tribal chief Roman reigns at Madison square garden, which I promise you it's going to be a really long entrance. And I could see this taking up like the last half hour of the show. And it's probably going to do a monster number this Friday. I'm looking forward to it. You know, anytime we've had a bloodline non-speaking segment, it's felt bigger than any match they can actually promote for television. Um, non-physical segment. Uh, what did I say? You said non-speaking segment. Oh, sorry, non-physical segment. Yeah, that hey, would you be try that. Just come out and stare. <laughs> We're close to that, aren't we? You know, with this type of uh, I mean, cin- dude, the, the entrance is like pretty much that. It's just <laughs> watching the man walk at the how about a smallest one, pace. How about a two-hour Roman Reigns entrance? Wouldn't hey, you, you could try anything. It's pro True. wrestling. Yeah. Um, but yeah, great, great, great number for SmackDown. And um, those are your numbers for for this past Friday. Looking ahead, uh, tomorrow night, it is NXT. And they taped the show last week because of the 4th of July holiday. So we do know all of the matches. It'll be Damon Kemp against Eddie Thorpe in a NXT underground match with Gable Stevenson in Eddie Thorpe's corner. So it's like the joke is that... Damon Kemp and Gable Stevenson are brothers with different names that the audience is wink, wink aware of, but these men are different identities on the show. 
So in canon, we, I mean, they have not revealed that these two are brothers. No, um, they've just done, you know, like, I know Damon Kemp really well. I can prepare yeah, you for him. But yeah. anyway, so that's well, Gable Steveson's role. How are they going to explain it? Uh, like when the inevitable reveal comes, which could happen as early as tomorrow night. Well, you see, in WWE, we have, um, you know, Braun Breaker. We had uh, Michael McGillicuddy, all these like second generation stars who have different names than their fathers, even though we acknowledge their fathers on television. So right. um Hmm. It's it's just how WWE works. It's like you're you're related, but doesn't mean you have to sing. They're brothers. What? <laughs> you didn't text me. You didn't call me. So I changed my name to Kemp. <laughs> Loser leaves NXT. The Creeds versus the Dyad. JC Jane against Lyra Valkyria. Tatum Paxley against Kalani Jordan. Mustafa Ali against Tyler Bate. And Blair Davenport against Roxanne Perez is our lineup on Tuesday night. So t- traditionally a pretty uh, rough night for television on the 4th of July, as is this Monday. Usually we will see Raw has bucked a lot of trends this year. Uh, so we will see coming off the pay-per-view if uh, the 4th of July holiday has any impact on this, this Monday show. And the last thing is just looking ahead to Dynamite, which is in Edmonton. And they they actually have around 6,000 tickets out. So a much healthier crowd than Hamilton Kenny Omega against Wheeler Yuta. Adam Cole and MJF will take on a team in the Blind Eliminator Tag Tournament. So of which they, we, do, of we which don't we know still, who the team is. Yeah, we still don't have brackets, period. I mean, no, how many- we know that um, the, the other one has Darby and Cassidy against Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland. So we have three teams in this Blind Eliminator. Maybe it's like, maybe they should have kept all the opponents like unknown. And that's the blind aspect of this as well. We're blind. Yeah. Yeah. The audience is blind. Yes. Um, or, right. or your head is spinning from all these tournaments that are happening. We literally have three tournaments going on at the moment. <coughs> Excuse me. So I choked at all, all the, yeah, the tournaments. Yeah, Wade couldn't even believe it when I said <laughs> we're watching three tournaments simultaneously. The, the blind tournament, you've got uh, uh, the, uh, Owen. the two Owens. Oh, the two Owens, yes. Okay. Uh, which has Ruby Soho and Britt Baker. And we'll get a promo from John Moxley that obviously he's not going to be there live because he will be in Cora and Hall where the, uh, the Independence Day cards are <laughs> taking place. Um, the first one in just a couple of hours at 5.10 a.m. Eastern, which is headlined by moxley and june and homicide against el desperado and june kasai and then the next day it is moxley against el desperado in a fight to the death at cora and hall both those sound awesome uh you've also got julia versus willow nightingale for the new japan strong championship so i strong bet that julia's um taking that title off of her yeah, you've got a uh, Tuesday show has a TJP and Francesco Akira against Clark Connors and Dan Maloney for the junior heavyweight tag titles. Goto and Yoshihashi against Gabe Kidd and Alex Coughlin for the strong openweight tag titles. Julia and Thekla against Willow Nightingale and Momo Kogo. And then you'll have the singles match the next day. Eddie Kingston and Rocky Romero against Kenta and Ghetto. Tom Lawler against Kosei Fujita. And then... uh Multi-man tag here with Archer, Alex Zane, Ryohei Oiwa against J.R. Kratos, Royce Isaacs and Jarrell Nelson, Bad Dude Tito against the DKC. So that is Tuesday's show. And it's a bundle on New Japan World. So it's 30 bucks US and you get both shows. So they are not normal New Japan World cards. So beware if you wake up at 5 a.m. to go watch this and then you get dinged for 30 bucks. In there but you don't need to be, have a New Japan World subscription to order them. I don't think so. Um, you just, I yeah, think so. I think you can just put in your credit card info and buy it a la carte mm-hmm. on, mm-hmm. on the site. 
my last question before we get to Rawway, how has your Twitter uh, activity been the last couple of days? Quite honestly, it's a, it's been about the same, but I'm noticing like far fewer uh, likes and retweets than than typical, and and I'm guessing that's because of the outage. Like when I use Twitter, I just I don't know. I'm just, I, I'm not using it maybe as 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 often anymore anyway. Um, but I, yeah, I hear that it's down. Yeah, mine's like tweet deck is just like gone for me. It's like it doesn't load. It's a mess. I love this. I'm not complaining <laughs> at all. Like everyone's like, oh man, I can't do this. I get it. I get the frustration for people that are really reliant on it. But I'm, I kind of like the fact that they're it's out of my control, and everyone's like what's going to be the new social uh media tool to use and i'm thinking none okay i'm not i'm not jumping on blue sky i'm not finding mastodon i'm not going to any of these i'm done you're picking up a rotary phone and giving me a call i'm gonna call people okay that's wow. what i'm gonna start doing i'm gonna start phoning people you're okay? not you're gonna walk to people's doors and you're gonna knock just to start a casual conversation no just to complain about their opinion yeah, I mean, do. I can't drive to your place. So yeah, I would have to set out and walk. I'm going to need to bring a <laughs> bottle of water. Um, but yeah, I, I, I've honestly enjoyed the last few days. It's like, it's one less thing that I have to do. Like, it's nice for pushing our stuff out. But yeah. you know what? We all have to make sacrifices. I, I'm, I'm happy with that. Um, though I feel like um, somehow this is just going to end up with all of us on TikTok. Um, doing dances. Yeah, which opens us up to to more problems down the road. But hey, mm. one uh, w- one social media platform at a time. So anyway, that is all that's going on in the world of wrestling. Postwrestling.com is where you can go for all of the latest from Neil Flanagan, Andrew Thompson, and, and a growing roster at mm-hmm. Post Wrestling. So uh, check out all of that. And again, Way and I, we will be back later this week with Rewind Away. So you can leave feedback at a the forum forum.postwrestling.com and uh let us know your thoughts of ring of honor supercard of honor from 10 years ago way will let us all know this thursday what his thoughts were after watching this episode of raw which took place from baltimore at the cfg bank arena over 10,000 people at raw on monday night so that's a great number for them i mean it's a hot product and a hot sounding name for an arena the cfg bank arena oh catchy CFGBA for short. Love it. Great. They had a graphic for Darren Drozdoff at the start of the show. And Seth Rollins began the show coming out. And he's going over money in the bank when he mentions SummerSlam and Cody Rhodes interrupts him. And we think that we're going to have some interaction between these two. But before Cody can even speak, Brock Lesnar is back. And he comes out to a big pop. Rhodes goes after him and they brawl as Rollins gets out of the ring. And Cody avoids the F5, hitting a Cody cutter. And it's Lesnar that rolls out and backs away from the fight. And that was our opening segment. And (laughs) Brock Lesnar, just the greatest agreement in pro wrestling history. This was his whole usage tonight was... Four minutes to yeah. come to Baltimore and take a Cody cutter. It's pretty nice. They didn't even would... set up the match. It's it, wow. like he's got to do that. You need something for week five, John. You know, this is a long, long-term build they're, they're trying to give us here. I mean, yes, like he doesn't have to do a whole lot, but he wouldn't be able to attract these sort of deals if he wasn't effective doing nothing. You know, he's strangely the type of guy that, maybe is better off not cutting long-winded promos and not having needless squash matches on TV. You know, like you, you, you a rare surprise Brock appearance like this coming out full of intensity, like Salabra is, is really all we want from him. So 
it works. Yeah, I mean, it was fine. There was a lot of stuff here that sets up SummerSlam, and that was sort of the building blocks on Raw to build up for SummerSlam, which is five weeks away. Yeah. We come back from break, and Rollins is still in the ring, and he wants to know who is next in line. When the Judgment Day walk out, but no Finn Balor accompanying Damian Priest, Rhea Ripley, and Dominic. And Ripley says that Finn is fine. It's none of Rollins' business why he isn't here. And Priest is holding up the briefcase, teasing that he could cash in tonight. But Rollins says, I don't even have a match tonight, so I'm not going to be in a vulnerable position. And that leads to a challenge made by Dominic, and Rhea accepts on his behalf. And Rollins knows that this could be a trap, but he lets the fans decide, agreeing to the match, and that would be our main event. Rollins against Dominic with the tease of a cash-in by Damian Priest. And basically, you know, throughout the show, Judgment Day kind of letting us know that they don't know where Finn Balor has been since Saturday. Yeah, he's just, he went missing. In London? Yeah, Uh I know. Mm. And somehow he found his way to Baltimore. But it was interesting to see they did follow the pattern of last week where going into this show, I think we had one announcement as of this afternoon with Rhea Ripley and Natalia and nothing else announced for Raw. And that was sort of the, they had a few segments announced last week, but it was the one match and it did this great number. And you compare that to next week when they're up against the home run derby and they have announced a bunch of stuff for next week in Buffalo. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. To suggest that because they didn't announce anything, that's why they might have done well is so counterintuitive. I'm I'm just arguing that, I mean, last week it was, it was certainly, it did not hurt them last week. The fact that they did not have a big show announced. And this was one where, I mean, like, who's to say, like, if, if they're, they feel pretty hot coming off the pay-per-view and you just draw people in. I mean, I I don't think it's going to always be effective, but it was last week and they at least did the same this week. We go to Damian Priest and Shinsuke Nakamura, and a good match that they had here. It went 11 minutes. Very hot crowd for this match, I thought. Um, There's a broken arrow delivered to Nakamura on the barricade as they go through the commercial, and Nakamura gets in front of Ripley and blows a kiss, which Dominic intercepts and caught and threw down on the ground. So there is a, Mm. um, a lost kiss from Shinsuke Nakamura at the bottom of the CFG Bank Arena, as we speak. Put it with the um, Tanahashi guitar. Yeah, I mean, all these things that uh, did not meet, It's uh, the gift was not delivered. The crowd's chanting for Nakamura, and after an armbar attempt, there's a spinning roundhouse by Priest. Nakamura stops the razor's edge and a south of heaven, lands a spinning heel kick, and then a knee off the turnbuckle, calls for the Kinshasa, but Priest ducks and lands a hammerlock clothesline and the south of heaven, pinning Nakamura, who... I would say since this move to Raw, it does feel like there's an, an added uh, emphasis in Shinsuke Nakamura, an extra aggression that I thought mm-hmm. they had a very nice match together. It was the right finish. I always hated when the guy would win the briefcase, and this was our way to just beat him like a beat him like a drum because he's eventually winning this thing. Instead, they've got this crazy idea that they're going to make a viable challenger that feels like a threat. It's not going to work. No way. I don't know. Should be losing all the way to his, you know. WrestleMania win. Yeah, a good TV match. I agree with you. I thought the crowd has been a lot more engaged with Shinsuke Nakamura, you know, since this uh, roster, the roster split works, John, clearly, you know, the draft, everything. All worth it. Yeah. Um, he, and I don't know, like, for whatever reason, we've been able to see Nakamura showcased in a much better way. He's been having better in-ring performances. His charisma feels 
fresh again. Um, despite him losing, basically, and kind of being firmly stuck in the mid card, I think the audience continues to still really love seeing him anytime he appears. And uh, um, now he's, you know, being sampled by popular rappers uh, out there. So maybe, you know, he's maybe it's his uh, time to. Uh, maybe maybe they should do a trade. Send Nakamura as the last minute replacement in the G one, and then have Tanahashi come and work some some raw TV matches for the summer. Oh, uh, just as a break, basically. It'd be nice for him. Like yeah. put him, you know, he can work with them. Let guys. him take over the Grayson Waller effect. Okay, yeah. Be a host. I love it. Okay. <laughs> Ronda Rousey comes out. Corey Graves says she might be. The maddest woman on the planet after Saturday. Very nice. Yeah. Nice. She goes to speak when Shayna Baszler comes out and Baszler says, we're all tired of hearing you speak on a microphone. <laughs> and Rousey asks, why? Why? After 10 years of loyalty. And Baszler calls her a narcissist. And the only reason you're standing in a WWE ring is because of me. You, I should be the one to apologize for bringing you here. I'm the one that was work that was building rings just to get in front of 30 people. I'm the one who had to fill out an application. I paid my dues while you waltz right in here and worked at WrestleMania. Baszler says, I love this and you've ruined this for me. And I'm the one who can finally shut you up. So Rousey then kicks her off the apron, attacks her on the floor. And there's a rear naked choke by Rousey, but then is flipped over. Baszler applies an ankle lock, and then there's a knee strike to the head of Rousey and just drilled her. And Rousey screams that they're not done yet as Baszler walks out. And the dialogue, if you just listen to how I've described it, it's the usual, like, heel of, by Shayna Baszler of, you know, I I love this. You're, you're the spoiled one here and everything like that. Like, it felt like it was designed as Baszler's the heel here, but mm. I think everyone took Shayna as like oh, the yeah. baby face here because I think that she came off so much more um, kind of honest in her assessment here. And mm. this, by the end of it, I feel like it, it was Shayna that the audience was clearly behind here. I thought it was like so much in the direction of positioning Shayna as a baby face that I almost feel like it was intentional, John, like, how can how can you Ronda Rousey is already a character that everybody who boos her, you know, recognizes as somebody who didn't necessarily earn her spot, so to speak. You know, she's a celebrity who kind of came in here. Um, and for that reason, to continue to fan those flames, I can't imagine it being done for any reason other than to somehow babyface Shayna Baszler and all this. And for that reason, I don't know why you did that type of attack you did on on Saturday. I, you're, I'm confused in that sense, but I thought this was a great segment, and I thought it was a great promo from Shayna Baszler. Probably the best promo I've actually heard Shayna cut. Certainly, I, I thought I thought even like I, I thought for Rousey for her part, like she she was good in the segment too. Like I, I like this quite a bit. If you were going to tell me we're going to do um, a talking segment between these two, and Shayna's carrying the promo, mm-hmm. I'd have my reservations. But they. I mean, this is something that you can see. They're both very, very invested in this with their with their history together. They've wanted this program. Uh, and that came through. Like, this felt authentic. Um, 
Totally. Because the story is very believable. I mean, what? You know, obviously, not not that you know Shayna is jealous for, of her friend, but you know, every, all the history that they they spoke about. I mean, Shayna did introduce professional wrestling to Ronda and made her a fan, and she did work more indies than than Ronda, who I don't believe has ever worked any indies. Um, and so you can understand she did do a cameo at a. AIW, which we were there for, for uh, yes. Shayna Baszler and uh, Heidi Loveless. Correct, yeah, but she did not set up the ring, John. Okay, no, no, she did not do that. Yeah, so I, I, I really enjoyed the story. I thought Shayna delivered it remarkably well and got the like so well that she got the entire crowd cheering for her. <laughs> so whether or not it's intentional, we shall see. But man, there's no way these audiences are going to boo Shayna with these types of promos uh, over Ronda Rousey. So maybe they should run with it. I like, listen, if Shayna's the one sticking around, like you want to have her in sort of like the new badass, like the new shooter that Rhonda, that was her role that she occupied. So I think whatever it is going into this, you want Shayna coming out almost in this role that she could go heel or baby face. And if the audience takes to her, great. We're not going to complain about that. Think of just a, a big badass baby face for Rhea to have as mm-hmm. an opponent would be great. You don't need a big heel on Raw when you've got Rhea Ripley. So I think for the long term, that would suit Shayna. I I certainly look at this as at least a optimistic view on Shayna, who Shayna without Ronda Rousey, it it is going to be a tough road for her. Well, look at her at NXT, though. She didn't need Ronda Rousey there, and she was fantastic. It's, it's a different world on, on the main roster. And she's, you can argue maybe her presence has sort of been like hurt by several years now of just kind of mid-card nothingness. But, you know, like Levesque is, you know, somebody who I think has seen star power within her. And this could be an attempt. And certainly it's a big feud for her and presumably a big match at SummerSlam that could really elevate her to that status. I will say I do feel it's missing sort of that connective tissue of what forced her at this moment and yeah. to throw away the tag titles that Agreed. they I don't think we're going to get an explanation over like you have been teaming with this woman for all this time you have been by her side for months and months and Saturday was the tipping point in the middle of the match yeah I completely agree it wasn't even like an incident within the body of the match that would like you know lead you to think that she would snap like that I mean they, there might have been some sort of suggestion of like Ronda tagging herself in for Shayna but like it it wasn't emphasized certainly by the camera work nor the announcers so it, it, you're right I think it would have been it would have helped if Shayna addressed the particular moment of her deciding to turn on her uh it's it's a rushed feud, John. Clearly. I think everyone looks at this and understands like this was something that I mean, injuries have been, you know, affecting it, not just like Rhonda's injury, but you had Liv's injury in there that probably threw stuff into like like a, a monkey wrench into all of this. They're taking what should be several months and it's being condensed into five weeks. What's the latest we've heard about Ronda Rousey's contractual status? I don't know like how long her contract is, but it would certainly seem that this is building towards SummerSlam. And then the question is like, um, you know, like Dave Meltzer reported, there's there's a hard out for Ronda. And um, I, I had heard similar that like, I, I don't know when it is, but that Ronda is probably going to be um, t- taking off. I don't know if that means she comes back down the road or or what. But it would seem logical that SummerSlam or somewhere around that is probably where they're going to be wrapping this up with with Ronda. And hence, they have to race through this and and get to there. 
So I, I don't know what like the date is, but that would certainly seem to be like where this is all leading to. Maxine is training with Otis uh, and she is preparing for her first match tonight and is promising fireworks on the 4th of July. Gable calls himself a five-star man and a five-star coach. And she is the alpha queen Maxine. So more to come. But first we have the women's tag team turmoil match where they had to find five women's tag teams to populate this match. And boy, this crowd went from red hot for a Shinsuke Nakamura match to dead for this turmoil match. Mm-hmm. That was the perfect uh, word to describe this crowd. For and, this. You, and you could not criticize this crowd for not being good crowd. They were a none. very good crowd. This was bad wrestling. This was yeah. teams that I don't Cold. think half of them recognized. It was mm-hmm. just, and the WWE version of like, just, yeah, just putting a bunch of like really quick matches. One of which was just comical of like how much they had to cut out. So Chelsea Green and Sonya Deville take on Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell. Indy Hartwell's raw debut. She is back. Mm-hmm. And she was uh, in a match for 91 seconds here. This was set up when Nikki Cross went to team with Candice earlier in the day. But Candice had already promised to team with Indy. So Emma walks in stating that Candice chose the wrong Australian. So we are re- reintroduced to Emma. No sign of Madcap. I think he's on Raw. Uh, I would assume so. Did they have a storyline? Um, they were on SmackDown together. That's what I remember their storyline being. And they're married now, right? Um, are they not? Are they? Okay. I don't know. I'm not sure. Don't correct me. I don't care. Um, Raquel and Liv Morgan are seated ringside to, to watch this. Uh, we had this neckbreaker by LeRae over the knee of Indy that did not go smoothly. And then Candice hits a cabrata that I think was called a springboard moonsault by Kevin Patrick, which is, yeah, sure. Um, unprettier delivered by Candice LeRae or delivered by Chelsea to Candice LeRae and then a running knee by DeVille and DeVille goes for the pin, but she is not the legal woman. So Chelsea has to go move DeVille to pin her. <laughs> this was as bad in 91 seconds as you're going to get. And Chelsea Green and Sonia DeVille advance to take on. It's the dream match here for free on Raw. Nikki Cross and Emma. So Nikki jumps them, but then she tags out to check on Candice LeRae, who's selling on the floor, this unprettier. How is she going to live? Emma might sandwich. Crowd is just totally dead for this. DeVille pulls Emma off for the cover, and then they do the same deal with an unprettier and the running knee. This one going two minutes and 11 seconds. So they got 40 seconds longer than the previous match. That brings in Dana Brooke and Tegan Knox. Finally. Mm. Dana and Tegan getting getting some a showcase here. I, I, I mean, this is certainly Tegan. Excuse me, Tegan's uh, debut on Raw, is it not? Uh, and, and is it Dana's like return? Yeah, um, this is her return from NXT. Yeah, even though she'll be on NXT tomorrow. Right. Okay. So th- this was the best. <laughs> Tegan Knox and Dana Brooke hit running baseball slide drop kicks, and we go to commercial break. And we come back and the announcer states that Tegan Knox and Dana Brooke have been eliminated. We didn't even see the finish and they had to replay. Well, it's realistic, isn't it? You know, why, why does all wrestling this, have to continue after a commercial break? I mean, this was three minutes and 48 seconds and three minutes was the commercial break, <laughs> including the uh, end. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this was just awesome. So that takes us to the finals. Kevin Patrick is stating that Green and DeVille, they might be exhausted. This is their fourth team they faced. They are at a grand total. They have not hit eight minutes yet of these matches. 
but th- this could be the exhaustion. Kick. No, this is not the brawling brutes um, running the gauntlet. No. So the lone highlight of this tag team turmoil was a spot where green gets onto Carter's shoulders on the turnbuckle. And that allows Katana chance to deliver a springboard into a Frankensteiner sending green. And suddenly this crowd just went nuts for this move. It was pretty spectacular. That was awesome. Yeah. And, uh, this was not the finish. DeVille broke up the cover and then they stopped the after party and it leads to an unprettier and a cheap shot from DeVille on the floor and Green gets the pin in 341. So it will be Chelsea Green and Sonia DeVille against Raquel Rodriguez and Liv Morgan who hold up the belts in the ring. Mm-hmm. Card actually woke up by the end, you know, um, and I chalked that all up to Carter and Chance looking awesome in here. He, they are one of the few genuine tag teams in this division i i feel like one of the few tag teams in the entire company um that are actual tag teams and they have a style that i think is totally unique and visually impressive on their own there was a lone <laughs> slip up here from um um uh, katana chance unfortunately with the um uh some this bounce off the bottom rope but she recovered really quickly and i think that alone will probably score her points with people in the back but they they got a pretty well focused spot here and i thought they more than delivered and they looked impressive. So it kind of tells me that they're probably being focused on for a bit of a longer build towards the championships rather than just, you know, a team that immediately wins them. And I'm more than fine with that. Um, Raquel and Liv need a successful first events and green and Deville are usually that sort of team, which is sensical. Three of the five teams in this, I don't think I've ever teamed on raw before. Have been on television been, before. Cool. Okay. Like how many people have even appeared on raw? you know, that, that you saw in this, you know, like, I, I don't think Emma has, has appeared indie. I mean, what a, what a Indy Hartwell had a backstage segment, right? Yes. But not, not in ring. I, I, I thought it was really, it's a, it was a really disappointing way of reintroducing Indy Hartwell. Somebody who last we saw from NXT, like had an incredible moment giving up the championship and here she felt like anything but a former champion. You know, just completely like I think a big deal should be made of her coming back from injury. And they did nothing to tell any of that story. Um, it, it's more of an indictment on the state of the division and the lack of promotion around the rest of the women in the, who aren't named, you know, EO or um, up until Saturday, at least, or Becky or Trish. Um, they have a lot of people that just have no identities. And unfortunately, you saw the result of that with this crowd reaction. Yeah, I I thought it really hurt it and just like rushed matches that they went through. It was uh, not great. Bronson Reed had a spot here. He says he got here due to fear. If you disrespect them, then he breaks them. And then we had B-roll of tsunamis uh, mixed in here. And he said, sooner or later, everyone sits down to a banquet of consequences. Mm -hmm. And he is inescapable. A banquet of consequences. That's how tsunamis are typically described. Banquet of consequences. Yeah. I mean, I think I think it looks cool. I'm always a fan of these video packages that show a guy's personality. And uh, do you know that he um, loves uh, words and uh, metaphors? Yeah, I think his triple threat program is over with Nakamura and Ricochet. He didn't get that spot in the money in the bank. He's moving on. Yeah, no, uh, no follow up on that this week. Becky Lynch is out. She lost money in the bank, which she says, that's fine. I can move on from that. But I can't move on from the thorn in my side, Trish Stratus. She wants to fight her tonight. And Trish walks out with Zoe Stark and reveals her broken face. And we get the return of Trish Stratus's 
uh, nose guard. Did she do? Oh, you're right. She did she do this. this. Like, oh my god, back during the the heel run. Perfect. So she. Wow. Uh, this is a uh, yeah, going back like 19 years. So uh, this was the spot, like the, the ladder tip spot, and you could see afterwards, like her nose was like busted up in the match. So how perfect. Uh, she says she's still prettier than everyone in this crowd who need masks to hide their ugliness. And she can't face Becky tonight because she's not medically cleared because Becky broke her face. So instead, Becky wants Zoe Stark. Trish explains no one is better than me. One day, Zoe might be better due to my tutelage, but I am the greatest of all time. And Becky says how Trish couldn't beat her on her own. She needed Zoe's help. And therefore, Becky is the greatest of all time. So Trish she says is only here to get some publicity for her game show or a magazine that she paid to get on the cover of. Why are you still here if you don't want to fight me? And Trish explains she is the face of the women's division. She made it relevant and you tried to break the face of the actual face of the division and says she has to leave because she has a medical appointment and has to get out of Baltimore or should I say Baltimore? <laughs> This crowd nice. is not amused by this line. And next week, Becky can get her hands on Zoe Stark. What what a lovely callback. Here's a photo of the uh, original. That's right. So they, uh, this is a good lead up. I mean, I think we're all going, assuming we're in the direction of Becky and Trish at SummerSlam and Becky getting her hands on Trish at SummerSlam. And that's probably the wrap up here and, you know, takes yeah. off the, the face mask. Yeah. I thought Becky sounded great in this. Great lines, great fire. And I think Trish has continued to play a really good, annoying heel. And this face mask, as unfortunate the actual injury is, is wonderful for a heel character. And what a wonderful way to kind of, you know, call things back to our original run. When they started this feud, like what, in April? Right after Mania, they did. I, I had no faith that they were able to drag this thing over until SummerSlam. But here we are, you know, with the inclusion of this sort of like uh, Zoe Stark addition, uh, ad- both of them in the money in the bank as a way to advance the program. They've successfully maintained interest and actually built interest uh, for, for this entire thing on the way towards SummerSlam. So good job. Jackie Redman is on Raw and brings out Cody Rhodes, who gets the crowd to welcome Jackie to the show. And he tells Brock Lesnar, they're not done yet. You broke my arm. I busted your face and he wants another shot. He will fight Brock any night and every night. And we will find out if that night is August 5th. Oh, uh, SummerSlam, yes. Yes. When he said every night, any night or every night, it kind of made me think. Um, oh, is he Brock's doing all the house shows. <laughs> Probably not. Like, were they alluding to to something on SmackDown? Were, um, NXT? Brock Lesnar going to NXT? Full sale? Or, uh, sorry, the CWC? I don't think that one's happening. I, th- I think it'll be a very specific night, and it will be one of uh, X amount of matches that Brock does for the remainder of the year. That would be my guess. Okay. Alpha Academy and Maxine against the Viking Raiders and Valhalla. Again, Chad Gable, I'm a broken record. This, this guy is great. He is just tremendous. Uh, in these matches and the crowd is with him here uh, Otis was in and hit the caterpillar onto Eric and then Gable's in with an exploder he hits a somersault off the apron and then the diving headbutt and then Gable is down from a spin kick and he crawls and the whole match is built around the women getting in so Maxine is in and they pop for the women entering and she hits her big move the vertical suplex that she has turned into a high spot 
and then a clothesline in the corner, and she tries for her own caterpillar. And uh, this was a day one caterpillar. And Valhalla tries to cut her off with a knee that missed by about a mile. And then Gable moonsaults to the floor. This thing was incredible looking. And Valhalla Irish whips Maxine into the corner, who comes up with a sunset flip, pinning Valhalla in 7.57. This crowd ate this up. They they loved this. Man, they wanted I, to see Maxine hit a vertical suplex and a caterpillar and get the win. I, I really have not been a fan at all of these sort of backstage segments involving Alpha Academy and Maxine. Um, I felt like a lot more promise in, in, in the pairing when they were teasing, you know, Otis splitting up from the group. It, it, it but man, like what were they successful in building this hot tag to these women? And this crowd went crazy for Maxi Dupree doing arm drags and suplexes like they, and that's all that professional wrestling requires. I don't think it needs to look good. You just have to have the crowd react and want to see it. And they did great professional wrestling here. They went nuts for that worm on top of it. Um, and it seems like they're holding off the caterpillar actually for later on in this program, which I think is wonderful. So this turned out really well and far exceeded my expectations. Yeah, I like this was not smooth with Maxine, but to your point, like the crowd just wanted to like this was all built around her. And like if you're gonna do these mixed tags, 30 seconds of Maxine is all that this match needs. The others should be doing the heavy lifting here. And then she just comes in and gets the pop at the end, which is how this was structured. She has successfully ele- successfully elevated a typical Alpha Academy match. Yes. So we've moved on from the troll Chad Gable to um, a five-star coach. Yes. Mm-hmm. They replayed the Ricochet Logan Paul spot from the, uh, from the Money in the Bank with the one man Spanish fly through the table and then footage of them fighting backstage after Money in the Bank. So Redman interviews Ricochet who says that Logan Paul can hang and he respects him for that, but he cannot respect him getting into his face after the match. So challenges him to show up next week and go face to face with Ricochet in Buffalo. Mm -hmm. Meet me in Buffalo. Face to face. Face to face. Mm -hmm. So they'll be looking at each other. They might do a bit of talking, but no match. But clearly the direction. I would think like this they're doing this setup i would think like this is probably logan summerslam match you know i wasn't thinking like a ricochet would be big enough for like a a summerslam singles match but clearly the attraction of seeing these two just like do some magic you know or um like they have already is enough so i i think it's a wonderful direction rhea ripley and natalia for the women's championship so this was a lengthy match natalia jumps her at the entrance and man natalia had to work Super hard here to get this crowd because this was a pro Rhea Ripley crowd, and it's a tough role for the baby face here. First of all, I don't think anyone takes Natalia as a viable threat. I don't think anyone's any baby faces are going to be taken seriously against Rhea Ripley until you get to a, a Becky level or somebody. So, uh, first of all, Natalia lost about 5,000 like stones off of her outfit during this match. Did you see them all over the mat? Maybe she was going for a new Guinness record. How many stones lost? Beats. That'll be her seventh. Yeah, she's going he for dazzled beats lost in the wrestling match. Yeah, this this outfit was just like, look at this. It looks like uh looked like this mad. It looked like a, a, an like F Uggs or something. An F1 track with marbling. That's exactly the example many people <laughs> were probably noting. I think here. JC would be proud of that one. 
So Rhea is just beating her and beating her. And they go through the crowd. The chat, the, the crowd is chanting, let's go, Rhea. And Natalia stops a power bomb with a Rana, hits a discus lariat, and she's teasing the sharpshooter. But then after getting out of the prism lock, Rhea blocks a sharpshooter and there's a frog splash by Rhea. But Natalia gets her feet up and Rhea is busted in the mouth um, after this this spot where it looks like she just ate this boot as she came down for this frog splash. So Natalia does the uh, the Davy Boy power slam and then gets the sharpshooter. And finally, this crowd is willing to give Natalia a sliver of hope in this match. But Rhea gets to the rope and then Natalia is caught with a kick from the floor when she's reentering and a riptide 13 minutes, seven seconds as Rhea wins. And Natalia is forced to still find herself. She'll probably get a loss. She'll probably get a, a title match in three weeks. <laughs> I mean, the last time she lost in like a minute. So this was 13 minutes. She should get 13 title shots after this. No, you're right. You're right. All joking aside. Um, I was surprised to say the least about how good this match was. I, I didn't know where it came from. I thought the feud had reached the point where it was like a real joke. You know, Natalia's status as a championship contender is really non-existent at this point, especially heading into, you know, a match with the dominant champion like a Rhea Ripley. But the intensity from the beginning of that, you know, behind the back attack from Natalia was big and it kept that way throughout the entire match i thought natalia wrestled with the desperation that i hadn't seen from her in matches for a very long time she fought as if like you know she was like facing like m bison um on hard extra hard difficulty and somehow like you know hit a big move and got bison down to like one percent life you know remember you ever like you know face somebody and then like it's like this much left of life and you're just desperate to get that like one more hadoken in Anyway, that's how uh, Natalia, Natalia wrestled here. And Rhea, I thought, was outstanding as well in this scenario. Her offense is both unique and it looks very legit. Her kicks and headbutts with the body scissors in the corner, that was awesome. But it's her monster heel charisma that I thought totally shone through here, um, especially against you know an overachieving underdog like Natalia. I would go as far as to say this was a pay-per-view quality match, and they had the tough task of trying to win this crowd into believing that Natalia could actually beat Rhea Ripley for the championship. And I feel like they got there for some of those. By the sharpshooter at the end, like it was, it was a a hard crowd to win over here. Like it was a Mm -hmm. match that I think this audience was expecting it to go a minute or two and go 13. You, you had to do some work here. I thought it was way better than I was expecting it to be. Well, Rhea continues the attack. So live and Raquel run down for the save. But the emphasis was on Raquel and Rhea, with Raquel staring down Rhea. And that would seem to be where where they're going with this. Mm-hmm. Well, it's it's kind of odd timing, isn't it, with Raquel with the champ, uh, tag team championship. So You don't mm. have any other baby faces, though. Like, Becky is tied up, and you need a baby face challenger for Rhea Ripley, and Raquel becomes that person probably by default. I guess so. Or do you not pair Raquel or sorry, uh, Rhea with a, with another person to go for the tag team titles? It's, it's weird having not as big of a match, I guess. Well, it's also Rhea like she's just not that character that I see picking up a partner, nor mm-hmm. is Raquel and Liv against Chelsea Green and Sonya Deville a pay-per-view match. Like, I, I don't even know if those tag titles are a SummerSlam program. Right. Like yeah. Raquel, it would be a bigger deal for her to face Rhea at SummerSlam if that's where they go. Champa cut a promo about confronting Miz face to face while Miz was a coward attacking him from behind. 
And after all of these losses, Miz has finally tapped into that ruthless aggression, and he wants Miz to bring that energy next week and find out what cards Ciampa is holding in his hand. So Miz goes through all his his card analogies, and he is the unbeatable royal flush. This guy just having uh, a task to like, how can I have the most, the dumbest t-shirts? The massive balls, the unbeatable royal flush. I think that one would be a bit cooler than the, my balls are awesome t-shirt. You don't think they'll get to a toilet joke within like, two seconds of him anointing himself the unbeatable royal flush um maybe i think we're getting serious miz now though you know like choppa said he's unlocked something within the miz the ruthless aggression miz and you even got the miz here ending his promo with um a line that i don't think he uses too often anymore he said uh he said the last person to call me a coward is gone and who's that danielson oh okay I wasn't sure because a lot of people that um, have. I'm sure there's more that have called gone. him a coward, but that's. Was he talking about John John Morrison? Was it Alex Riley? You know? <laughs> it could be all these people. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure he's been called a coward many a time. All those that crossed him are gone, and he's feeling better than ever. So next week they're gonna have a no DQ match, and he wants the best version of Champa because you'll get the best version of the Miz, and you're gonna put respect on my name. All right, let's see. You're gonna I mean, put respect on tiny balls. Uh, sure. I don't know. I, I feel like this is, you know, him telling us that you're not going to get any ball jokes next week. Okay. Um, you're going to get old school Miz. Old All school right? Miz. What's gonna, old school Miz? Well, he's going to shave Real his head, world Miz? head in a faux hawk and, uh, Alex Riley is going to show up, you know, um, just like Baron Corbin had his, uh, you know, Lake of reincarnation this past week. Maybe we'll get it with the Miz. They recap the bloodline story and then plug the, uh, the trial for Friday. Ripley is backstage and runs into Eo Sky, who holds up the briefcase. Rhea warns her it'll be the biggest mistake of your life. And then Dom and Priest appear, and she complains about Raquel and Liv getting involved in her business, warning Raquel not to do so again. Matt Riddle and Giovanni Vinci went uh, a whole minute 40. Riddle's ankle is taped, so Vinci attacks the ankle, hits a rolling fireman's carry, and a moonsault off the middle turnbuckle. Vinci was using every second for what it was worth here on television. And then a final flash knee. Vinci stops the bro Derek into the ankle lock, but Riddle rolls him up for the pinfall. And then as Kaiser and Vinci attack, in comes big brother Drew for the save with a Glasgow kiss, final flash knee, and then a Claymore onto Vinci as Drew stares down Gunther, and backstage, Drew and Riddle, um, they're, they're new best friends now. They're going to tag next week against Imperium. But first, they're going out for pints. Yes. And for Baltimore. Jimmy's. At Jimmy's, sure. Um, this felt like, so Matt Riddle basically like shows up in the back and thanks Drew for finally saving him because he's been getting beaten up by Imperial for weeks. It felt very much like a direct shot at Owens and Zane, who haven't done shit for this poor guy. Yeah, and they weren't on the <laughs> show tonight. <laughs> Yeah, they're like, you know, screw this guy. Like, you know, we had our time in the press box. We had, you know, we're going to take an extra few days off. I mean, this poor Riddle has been begging for a group of friends ever since Randy Orton has left him. And Owens and Zane clearly are not the, the pair. So yeah. thankfully, Drew has agreed. Uh, let's hope Riddle doesn't screw things up over this these pints at Jimmy's and annoys Drew so that he takes off. But, you know, he's giving him a chance this week. Maybe the problem isn't everyone else. Maybe the problem is Riddle. I, I would say so. Yeah. Well, we'll see over the next weeks if these two are paired at the hip, if Riddle screws up on live television and calls him Randy by mistake. 
because that's essentially the role Drew is now playing. Mm-hmm. Next week in Buffalo, pack up the car because it's Becky Lynch against Zoe Stark, Drew and Riddle against Imperium, the no DQ match with Miz and Ciampa, and the face-to-face Logan Paul and Ricochet. You want to you head over? Drive down no. the QEW? No, I'm going to watch this show from here. That's my plan. Okay. You going to go? I, well, I need a ride. I, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I guess I guess we'd be taking my car. But yeah. Seth Rollins against Dominic Mysterio is the main event. We come back after the break. It's Rollins hitting the three amigos and Rhea distracts the referee. Priest then shoves Rollins off the top, allowing Dom to hit two frog splashes. Crowd is all over Dominic and Rollins comes back with running forearms elbow to the back and goes for the stomp when priest runs in and just hits the south of heaven for the dq at 9 46 this was like a one of those really groan inducing dqs but it was done for the reason of setting up like the tease and i think people were more forgiving of this because the idea was well you might get a cash in there's a reason for priest to do this the whole story of the match was not dom winning the match it was dom Beating Seth enough up, and and they showed this off by having Dom execute multiple frog splashes without going for the pin. I actually liked the story of the match a lot. For the story, it totally like made sense for this. I thought this was like a a proper utilization of a DQ to advance this story. Mm -hmm. So they they're teasing the cash cash in as Damian is running Rollins, attacking his ribs, throws him into the desk, hits a flatliner. And then as he goes through the razor's edge, Rollins avoids it, hitting a super kick when Dom attacks uh, with the briefcase and runs Rollins into the steps. So Dominic passes the briefcase over to Priest and they're telling him to go for it. When all of a sudden, Balor runs into the ring out of nowhere and knocks Rollins, who runs into Priest, knocking him off the apron. And then Balor continues his attack on Rollins and gets into an argument with Priest on the apron that gives the opening for Rollins to escape. Dom runs after him and is hit with a pedigree, so the Judgment Day's plan is foiled, and we go off the air with uh, Rollins having to point to his head to emphasize outsmarting someone, and the Judgment Day is yelling at one another, each stating that they would have been champion if it wasn't for the other. And the guy, amazingly, who was the most angry of everyone was this referee. (laughs) <laughs> well he's trying to keep order here you know all these people um i thought this closing scene was wonderful you know i mean part of the value of having somebody with the money in the bank is that you could do these sort of dramatic teases and it's they usually calm these down after perhaps you know the the first week but the first week you need to emphasize that hey damien priest has the money in the bank and he can cash this thing in at any moment and I thought they did a great job here of using it, teasing it, making the entire crowd excited of, of a possible cash-in, and then ultimately using it to further this Damian Priest-Finn Balor feud, which I think has been built up well starting from Saturday over here onto Monday. And poor Dominic Mysterio here, you know, trying to stop his parents from fighting. Um, nobody wants to see Dom upset. So really well I've already done. lost one father. <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, really well done storytelling, and I thought a really good um closing scene here i have no idea what the championship picture is for SummerSlam, but watching this and given the lack of challengers that they have i could see a triple threat here with priest balor rollins and you have the tension between priest and balor now yes it does kind of not make sense with priest having the briefcase but this is his chance to be in a match and is he going to help balor win the match or is he going to be out for himself i just i don't see what else rollins has set up for him of your challengers like 
an hmm. Owens or a Zane in there doesn't really feel like it makes sense. And then you've got Drew set up with Gunther. Like Riddle's not going to be in that spot. Like who else, if not uh, one of like, this is who Rollins is tied to at the moment. Yeah. I mean, outside of maybe priest challenging for a championship, even though he's got the briefcase, not necessarily making sense. That's something they could certainly do. Um, I'm, I'm sensing more likely that you're getting priest versus Balor as a singles. And then maybe Rollins, honestly, Seth Rollins is the type of wrestler you could put pair with anybody, anybody who's a good wrestler. I think, you know, the you, uh, sure. Yeah. Johnny Gargano, you know, like, uh, Rhino, uh, from Detroit, Rhino. <laughs> well, from there, they're in Detroit, you know, you put a home day, hometown wrestler there. Alex Shelley could come over from impact and you you're going to be watching nothing. Rhino in a few hours. <laughs> yes, I will be. So let's wrap this up then. Okay. Well, that was raw. Um, I thought a show that um, it certainly did get the ball rolling on several programs. I'll say between Raw and SmackDown, you can get a pretty good sense of all the key matches for SummerSlam. The, yeah. you know, whatever Rollins is going to end up doing, like he feels involved with Judgment Day in some form or fashion. But I mean, for a lot of the key people, I think you you can get a good sense of where we're going. And that's five weeks out. It's good to kind of know the directions, even though the matches haven't been announced yet. So, um fine follow-up to the show there was some bad stuff on this show but there was also i thought it was a lively crowd for certain segments and i would say for for the stories that are clicking it was a positive uh rousey and baszler certainly overachieved in that segment and um the tag team turmoil is uh, best left forgotten yeah i would say that was to me the biggest weak spot and like looking up and down this card i i feel like it was probably the only weak spot of this entire show like up and down i felt like this show did a great job of building you know necessary programs to survivor series while giving you proper like sort of follow-ups from money in the bank results i think um shana sounded wonderful and did 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 wonderful to, to follow up that ronda program um I was more than impressed with Rhea Ripley versus Natalia in, in, in a way that I wasn't expecting. Uh, what else here? Like Maxine, you know, was like, I thought a, a standout from, from that particular match and on this particular evening. So a lot of people definitely overachieved on a card on paper that didn't look all that attractive. Three hours that just flew by. Where, As always. I was ready for a fourth. Well, you can rewatch Ring of Honor's Super Card of Honor. Seven. I watched it the once. I'll chat about it with you this week. All right. Let's uh let's take some feedback. Yeah, let's go to forum.postwrestling.com where all of our patrons can always leave feedback. We go to Muggin. I'll take this one, John. He says, I tried to make sense of the Rousey Baszler split split, but it took one promo to make me understand why. Shayna becoming the avatar of the fans' disdain towards Ronda was something I didn't know I needed. Trish turned the clock all the way back with that Rip Hamilton style face mask. Having Cody, Seth, and Brock in the opener was a trip. Rhea and Natalia had the match of the night, and it was arguably Natalia's best performance in years. Judgment Day is on the verge of a major schism, and Priest Money in the Bank briefcase is the root of their issues. I'm going to steal all this for the uh, show description, actually. Oh, what, what if the Judgment Day merge with the schism? Uh, and then they have a schism on top of that? Yes. What does a schism have a schism on their own? They, they could. They're, they are, actually. Yeah, so. Well, lots, uh, lots to lots to look out for, and then Rhea gets her partner with Ava. Everything perfect, everything right? Figures itself. itself out between the schism and Judgment Day. 
All right. Well, thanks everyone for tuning in. That kicks off the week here at Post Wrestling. Lots coming your way. The whole schedule is up at postwrestling.com. Way and I will be back on Wednesday night with Rewind to Dynamite. So tune in for that. We will be on minutes after Dynamite. No double shot this week because Dark Side of the Ring is off. They will be back next week uh, with the episode on Adrian Adonis. So uh, we will be doing those shows live every Wednesday night on the cafe immediately after Rewind Dynamite. So look out for that. Postwrestlingcafe.com and video.postwrestling.com. Uh, you can also be uh, so kind as to leave a review. Uh, leave us leave, leave us a five-star review. Um, unless you like uh, the video. Somebody told me we don't mention like you know liking the videos on YouTube enough. You can like these videos? Well, you can hit the thumbs up. I know. Yeah. Yeah, do that. Do everything. Like finish the show and if there's then a button sit down just... at your computer and just spend 20 minutes pumping up everything that we do. If like, there's a leave button a review, on the video, thumbs up. It. Subscribe to the video, sign up for the notification bell, hit the uh, save to watch later button, write write me an email, Um, right click and, you know, uh, enlarge, you know, whatever. Just hit every button. That's it. That's it. Um, What else? Don't don't send me messages on Instagram uh, privately because I don't read them. So every couple of months I look and it seems to be urgent concern and it's it's not. I don't check those. Yeah. I can't, I can't follow all this stuff. There's way too much. Everyone can, um, you can call me. And your phone number is? <laughs> I was going to start and read your number, but I won't do that. Oh. <laughs> all right. That's oh. it. Time to go. Way's got a long night ahead of him. <laughs> Super card of honor. Man's out of his mind. Goodbye. Yeah.